It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Over the past decade, demand for fast food and snacks like potato chips and chocolate has stalled in North America and much of Europe. Greater awareness of the health benefits of eating better and exercising are part of it. So is the recent surge in appetite-suppressing drugs like Ozempic. That's left makers of fatty, sugary, salty snacks in search of customers in other parts of the globe. One place they've found it is India. Sales of snacks and soft drinks have almost tripled there from a decade ago, topping $30 billion last year. But Bloomberg's Pratik Parija and Kai Schultz report that the popularity of high-calorie, low-nutrition food in India has also come with rising rates of obesity and diabetes, which are especially problematic for kids. I'm Wes Kosova. Today on The Big Take, how India came to crave fast food. Pratik and Kai joined me from New Delhi, and I asked Pratik why snack food makers look to India as one of their next big markets. The food habits, right? You know, I'm in Indians love fried food, burgers and pizzas. So Indians are sort of uh, experimenting with other westernized food. And then the companies have got it figured out that, you know, Indians love it. So that's why they target it. And it's also in terms of pricing, they're competitively priced. There is a price advantage as well. And uh, the companies have uh, got it figured out. So that's why they're targeting, uh, targeting Indians in cities as well as small towns. Kai, what are some of the foods that are being introduced to India that are new that you just didn't see a few years ago? Processed food is still a relatively new phenomenon in India. And part of the reason that it's quite popular here is because it is a novelty and there isn't as much public health awareness about the potential dangers of consuming copious amounts of it. So in grocery stores today, you'll see in particular lots of breakfast cereals, lots of different chocolates, lots of confectionery items in general. And these are very popular across demographics in India, not just in the bigger cities, but also now in more rural parts of the country where companies like Coca-Cola are experimenting with selling small-sized portions of these items, keeping in mind the kind of price sensitivities that are at play in India as it develops. Kai, this story starts with a scene in a classroom in India where a nutritionist is trying to teach kids about healthy food options, and she grows kind of frustrated. Can you tell us what happened? 
So this nutritionist has been doing these seminars with young students outside Delhi for several years now. And what she's found is that there's a real excitement for junk food within this demographic. Yes, as we look at unhealthy options, I really enjoy Maggi and like noodles and ramen. But if we look at healthy snacks at home, I really enjoy Indian snacks like sweets, mithai, etc. And so many of her activities are designed to spread public health awareness about the pitfalls of having too much McDonald's or too many potato chips. Fruit and vegetables or vitamins and minerals, very good. So now when you eat aluka paratha, does my fist close with the number of food groups coming into that? Alu, carbs, okay, and the fats. So carbs, grains wheat flour, potato, everything comes here in this finger and I've used fat in it but my finger, oh god, I can't make a fist what should have been added, maybe pulses, I could have added missi roti atta and what she says too is that there's a sort of status issue at play here for many of these young students going to McDonald's for a birthday party is far more exciting than having a home cooked meal at home I had gone to a birthday party of my friends and over there, there were many foreign dishes or the dishes from the West, such as pizza, burger, pasta. And these tasted way different from the dishes or the Indian culture uh, of food. I told my mother after the birthday party about such dishes and how they were one of my cravings. And so trying to sort of make healthy food attractive for youth is increasingly a challenge in India for her. These products are designed and more than designing, I think it's the marketing piece which creates an impact in the head of the user of the consumer. You know, it's a big buy in our groceries every month, be it the cookies, be it the Maggie, or even for that matter, the, the, the milk powders which are full of sugar these days. All of that looks so easy and so attractive to consume because of a strong marketing skill that these companies use. While there are nutritionists, like the one we just heard, who are working to educate kids, it is not easy to combat the massive appeal of snack foods, especially for kids. Pratik says many people in India aren't aware of the health risks of eating too much processed foods. There is uh, the lack of awareness about these food items, like they may cause uh, cardiovascular diseases, but then most Indians, they don't bother so beyond the public health awareness piece that Pratik pointed out, many large food conglomerates are increasingly facing strict regulation in many of their core markets, particularly in the West. Because these food items are relatively new in India, they have fewer restrictions when it comes to marketing their products, whether that be on television or social media or in grocery stores with the packaging. And so this has really created an attractive environment for them to find a massive new market of people who have perhaps less familiarity with some of the challenges of eating junk food regularly and what those consequences could be over the longer term. The companies are targeting, obviously, the, India is the world's most populous country now. As Kai pointed out, they can't increase their sales elsewhere, so they're targeting India. And what we're seeing, too, is that many of the restrictions that have been put in place in Western markets where junk food has traditionally been quite popular are working to curb sales. 
Whereas in India, when you look at the growing market for junk food and the change in retail volume, you see pretty dramatic increases across the board for everything from breakfast cereals to chocolate to sweets and potato chips. So these regulations that are being put in place in countries like Mexico or Chile or the United States or parts of Europe have been very effective at sort of changing the tide and public perception of how much junk food is a good idea. Pratik, you also write that you're starting to see these snack foods, various junk foods appearing in Bollywood and in other kind of forms of just popular culture in India. When they show, uh, you know, in a movie or in a advertisement, obviously they show the sales you know, or, or any food item like burger or any fruit juice. Tropicana Slice. Har ghoot ras bara aam. Burger King ka naya stunner menu at just rupees 50 every day. Ekdom pacha. Ala Maggie noodles mein masala. Ab? Ab ye sorted mushroom, broccoli or baby corn ko Maggie mein dalo. To make it popular, they give these examples in, in Bollywood movies or, or elsewhere. Kai, in India, you write that even in metropolitan areas, large supermarkets still aren't very common. And so a lot of these foods are sold in convenience stores. Is this the kind of main competition for just traditional home-cooked food? So for a lot of India's history, open-air vegetable markets have been the norm, right? So you go outside and you source your produce locally. Typically, there are very few options for processed foods. In recent years, we've seen more convenience store chains open up in cities like Delhi, and they sell a mix of items, but typically they're stocked with processed food. And they tend to do quite well. So while the larger supermarkets still aren't common, it's certainly true today that in the bigger cities, at least, these convenience store chains are very much upending what used to be um, a very kind of traditional way of obtaining food in India, which is to go somewhere outside to barter for the price of onions or potatoes or fruits and to do a lot of your cooking at home with whole ingredients. And Pratik, what are some of the big brands that have moved into India and taken up more and more of people's diets? For breakfast, there's a product called Maggie, right? It's basically noodles, deep-fried, refined flour uh, uh, product. The brand is owned by Nestle. So Maggie is, uh, is very common in, in, even in small towns. And then uh, Kellogg's, Kellogg's uh, cereals. McDonald's, obviously for burger, then Pizza Domino's or, or Pizza Hut. So all these big brands. All the big brands are now in India, whether that's Pringles made by Kellanova, formerly Kellogg's, or cereals made by Nestle. You will find pretty much anything that you would find in many other parts of the world, particularly in the West, in India now. They may be sold in more specialty shops, but something like a Coca-Cola bottle is omnipresent and very accessible to most Indians from a price perspective. What we're finding, too, is that a cereal box in India may look very different from a cereal box in another part of the world. So in India, for example, you can still use cartoon characters to sell a box of cereal. In parts of Latin America, that's increasingly banned. So you'll no longer be able to find as much messaging that's specifically targeting children. After the break, how this lack of regulation helps pave the way for fast food sales in the world's most populous nation. 
countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Earlier this year, India surpassed China to become the world's most populous country with more than 1.4 billion people. And with so many people in India now eating fast food, I asked Kai what food companies had to say about the potential health impacts of their products. Telenova has cut sugar in its chocolate cereal by a fifth. Nestle notes that it voluntarily includes nutrition information on the front packaging of items sold in India. And Unilever has said that the company is committed to providing products that strike a balance between having enough nutrients, but also being palatable for consumers. Many of these food companies will say that they are addressing a need in the Indian market. The history of India is one that has been dotted with famines, with a challenge of undernutrition, malnutrition. Now what we're seeing is that the options are plentiful, but diets are increasingly being replaced with ones that involve many empty calories. Many of these food companies will also argue that all of the nutritional information is on the packaging of their items. And the public health activists will come back and say, yes, they're there, but they're buried on the back. They're not featured prominently on the front of the labeling. And in many cases, the front of the labeling will play up perhaps that a product has high vitamin D or that it's high in protein but will minimize or ignore or undersell that the sugar content is very high or that a product has many carbohydrates in it. So there are various ways of obscuring that information that public health activists feel is prevalent now in India. And it's ultimately at the expense, they say, of consumers. As we've seen over the last decade or two, the obesity rate in India has surged pretty dramatically, particularly among children. And that's of ever greater concern, not just for activists, but also for parents, for schools, for public health officials, and for India more generally as it attempts to balance its desire for more foreign business with, of course, the necessity of protecting public health. This question of labeling is an important thing for a lot of people who are concerned about what people in India are eating. Why is labeling such a big deal? Regulation in general of food items is a very recent conversation in India. So until 2011, there was no real regulatory body that looked at food and food safety and how to educate consumers about the choices they're making when they go into the grocery store. And so there's still fairly limited public awareness about the dangers of many of these products. It's also important to note that India only really opened up its economy in the 90s. So until relatively recently, there were few options available to many people in the country. These are very new entries, and therefore many people don't quite recognize the potential dangers of overconsumption. 
Public health activists are very aware that ultimately the consumer makes the choice about what they want to eat or not eat. I think where some of the tension lies is how these products are marketed to children, where the choice is far murkier and where you really have to have much more of a support system around you to understand what exactly you're putting into your body. The labeling is a very strange here. The, the content is written in a very tiny letters, you know, I mean, you don't have the patience and most of uh, it is in English. A lot of people can't read English. So if a particular packet has a particular quantity of sugar, people are not going to notice it because the letters are so tiny. When we come back, what is India's government doing to combat rising obesity rates? Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash GreenFestival. Given the health concerns associated with processed foods, especially in kids, I asked Pratik what India's government was doing about it. A couple of years ago, there were uh, meetings by the food regulator to talk about labeling. And the meeting was attended by the activist company officials and the government officials, officials from the food regulator. And they were trying to have a consensus on how labeling should be done in the, in the food packets. So what we uh, found out was the company officials, they were sort of, you know, dominating the meeting. So, so that's why we haven't seen no big change in labeling in India. And a note here that India's health secretary and chairperson of the Food Safety and Standards Authority of India did not respond to multiple requests from Bloomberg for comment about this story. Kai, you mentioned that childhood obesity rates in India have risen quite a bit. What are the statistics around obesity rates in general in India? Since India liberalized three decades ago, the adult obesity rate has surged. It's more than tripled. And among children, the rise is the steepest in the world behind Vietnam and Namibia. Kai and Pratik report that as late as the 1990s, India's target was to eradicate extreme hunger. The government put the focus on calories, not nutrition. Some global health experts have even said that being overweight was a symbol of luxury among the affluent. I asked Kai about this. Because these new food items, processed food items, are affordable and no more expensive than more traditional options, what we're seeing is that obesity is no longer a disease of the elite. It's now something that's far more widespread across India, touching many different demographics and income levels. Do you think that the government will begin to step in to try to address some of these concerns about health and nutrition? The government should do it because all these activists are after them. So, yeah, I mean, sooner or later, they, they may do something. I, I remember, you know, like a couple of years ago, we did a story saying they were doing the opposite. At a press conference, the food secretary once said that, you know, we want to uh, boost consumption of sugar in the country because there is a surplus. I hope, uh, I think the sooner or later, government will make regulations stronger 
to sort of reduce or control sale of junk food in India. Last year, the Indian government proposed using health star ratings on the packaging of food. And though that system isn't yet in effect and could still change, and in fact has faced quite a bit of pushback from public health activists, the question is really an open one still about whether that kind of system will have an impact on curbing unhealthy purchases. And I think it's ultimately something that India and its 1.4 billion people can no longer turn away from, particularly as obesity rates go up and as the country looks to be a real destination for various businesses. Kai, Pratik, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thanks for listening to us here at The Big Take. It's a daily podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartRadio. For more shows from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. And we'd love to hear from you. Email us questions or comments to bigtake at bloomberg.net. The supervising producer of The Big Take is Vicky Vergolina. Our senior producer is Catherine Fink. This episode was produced by Zeneb Siddiqui and Federica Romaniella. Hilda Garcia is our engineer. Our original music was composed by Leo Sidrin. I'm Wes Kosova. We'll be back tomorrow with another Big Take. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.